size of the Baghdad has been illuminated. The bright flashes going off all over the sky. And you are listening to the voice of the American counter-revolution and of freedom, which is growing by the day exponentially because no matter how hard you try, you can't keep us down. I'm your host, NC Scout, the Commandante of the Mossy Oak Militia, and that is all of you lumping proletariat out there who are awakening and gearing up for what is looking to be a rough year in 2022. As I covered in the last episode, you've got a lot of these academics, uh, advisors that are uh, consigliers, so to speak, to the powered elite, uh, covered this uh, uh, story of, of Barbara Walter, uh, not to be confused with the the longtime ABC journalist of the same name, uh, Barbara Walters, but rather Barbara Walter, this uh, political science professor and hack from Southern California, uh, from University of SoCal at, uh, uh, or rather University of California at San Diego, and. Uh, Really telegraphing a, a uh, the the changing of the narrative, so to speak. So originally, of course, if you you paid attention to any of these people over the years, in an academic sense, as I have, uh, reading some of their internal publications and uh, some of the stuff that that's been published, uh, you know, the work of uh, Dr. David Shanzer comes to mind here. You'll see that they they have actively been pushing this line that the right has been really responsible for pushing uh, civil war, civil insurrection, and whatnot. And we know that this isn't true. Okay, we we know that this is absolutely not true. We see the evidence to anybody who's not blind. There's a communist revolution that is actively happening right now. Now, I, I covered that extensively in last night's episode, and I'm not really trying to retread the same thing over again, uh, but rather pick up where that one left off. Because you have to understand that these people who are changing the narrative, who are uh, changing their language and are signaling something much bigger, these are the same people behind the scenes who have been laying the foundations of revolution of communist revolution here in the United States uh, for a very very long time now going back to uh, at least the 1840s if not earlier in the 1840s of course was really the uh, prime time of Karl Marx he, he really came about 1840s into the 1850s. You had uh, a lot of revolutionary workers' movements across Europe. Uh, and, 
you know, that, that had varying degrees of success. And the, uh, of course, the, the most well-known one, the Russian Revolution, which brought about uh, terror, death, and destruction to the Russian people and the people of the Baltic states and uh, everybody that, that was trapped behind the Iron Curtain, including the East Germans. You know, it, it spreads death and destruction everywhere it goes. You know, the Marxist ideology always begins in a type of a noble cause, except that it's a lie. All of it is a lie. And when we chase utopia, it is a lie. And that is what we see, which is being fomented actively here in the United States. They gain control of the institutions, the halls of power, the power elite want this to happen. And it's a very interesting intersection with the capitalist class, with the bourgeois, uh, at least in their estimation at the moment, communist revolution is very beneficial to them. Uh, because communist revolution means very good business and international business. We can simply do away with these borders and our profit margins go up. Of course, I've covered this in previous episodes. I've, I've talked about this at, at length. Um, you know, the Rockefeller family and the establishment of, of uh, Aramco, the Arabian American oil company, which is the power broker in the Middle East. And that is uh, quite literally, if, if you follow the money on that, you follow the story on that. And that, that transcends political parties. That transcends ideology. The, the left has done, uh, there, ha, there has been leftists who have done very, very good work covering this over the years. And they've been exactly right. Uh, their conclusions are wrong, of course, but they've been exactly right. You know, we see this now with Burisma. Um, you know, Burisma is, is an outgrowth of that yet another, uh, piece in the great game as it were. And, and, you know, they're asking for blood, your blood to be spilled, to keep their profit margins, to keep their ledger books. And it, it's sad. It is incredibly sad. And the answer, the answer of course, is a strong America. The answer is is a return to nationalism, to what makes this country great, to where we were prior to World War One, in a quasi-isolationist state that relied on the Monroe Doctrine, that kept stability in the Western Hemisphere, and uh, life was quite good. Life was quite good, and it can be good again, but we're going to be weathering this storm because... Uh, in, in the last episode, I signaled what the left is signaling and conveyed and, and broke down the language, the shift in language that they are using. And it's very, very important that we do not overlook that reality. Okay, when, when an adversary begins to change their language, it means that the groundwork has already been laid for something larger. Uh, so... You need to be taking this seriously. Now, all of the conservative media pundits, I've heard you know, a lot of them from across the spectrum, from uh, the mainstream media, the alternative media uh, as well out there, and, and they keep talking about how we have all these Democrats 
that are retiring. I think the number is up to 24 now. It could go higher. All these Democrats that are retiring from the House of Representatives, and this somehow equates a great Republican victory in this red wave that's going to happen. Well, there is going to be a red wave that happens in the midterms. There's absolutely going to be a red wave, but it's not red in the sense that you're going to get Republicans in there. Uh, that, that's that's not going to happen. You have to understand that, that these Democrats who are retiring, these who are retiring out of Congress, many of them, I I've, haven't examined all of them, but many of them are moderates, are somewhat moderate, kind of milk toast. You know, they, they've got to the House of Representatives. They are just a placeholder there rubber stamp, whatever comes across. They really don't have a, a hard ideology that can be pointed to either way. Well, this does not mean that a Republican's going to win. If you examine these districts where these people are retiring out of, um, you know, the uh, many of them are coming from districts that have not been competitive for the Republican Party in a very long time, uh, if ever, and, you know, one of the realities of, of being a, a member of the House of Representatives is, is that as long as you don't upset the apple cart, you got a job for life. I mean, that, that's kind of a, a D.C. insider truth there, that you have a job for life, that you're going to be sitting there for life. And um, so we know a couple of things when we are looking at this from an analysis perspective, that... The left, that the Democrat Party has gone whole hog with communism. They have taken the mask off. We see that the power elite, uh, General Mark Milley, of course, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Lloyd Austin, um, Nancy Pelosi, who don't believe the conservative pundits when they say that, you know, the squad, AOC and Rashida Tlaib and, and uh, uh, Mullah Omar, um, yes, I know what her real name is, but I like calling her Mullah Omar, that they, uh, that e each of these are, are running the, the contemporary Democrat party. No, they're not. Pelosi's absolutely running it with an iron fist. You have to understand this, that they are given their talking points and they're told that if you don't go along with what we are doing here, we're going to replace you. They're just reciting a script. They're staying on the talking points. Okay, you, you have to drill that, that point into your head. And they are a placeholder, a very well-paid placeholder. Because there are corporate interests who want revolution, as I laid out in this country. They want revolution because it benefits them. Gets rid of that pesky constitution. So what about these 24... Congress critters, these uh, representatives, uh, two-year terms, two years to life, right, that are all retiring out, they're going to be replaced by more people like the squad, more people on the hard left. That is exactly who they are preparing to run. Because these people are retiring does not mean that there is going to be a Republican victory. When you do not have election integrity, when you do not have a guarantee of free and fair elections, when you do not have voter ID laws that are nationally imposed. Yeah, I said it. 
it needs to be nationally imposed that if you have an ID to to travel internationally or domestically here in the United States, you have to have a photo ID. To buy a gun in the United States, you need a photo ID. To literally do anything here in the United States that has some sort of legal restriction placed upon it, you must have a photo identification. It's a law. So why do we not have it for voting? Why do we not have independent oversight? Citizens, oversight, doesn't matter about political ideology, but it has to be fair. I'm all for the left oversighting it, as long as there's conservatives, libertarians there as well. But why don't we have that? Why are there no calls for a return to election integrity? To get to the bottom of what happened in Pennsylvania, and in Georgia, and in Arizona, and in Michigan. We don't have it. Probably happened a lot of other places too, but those are the ones that we know about. And here it is, January 6th, the one-year anniversary. One-year anniversary of people going to D.C. and letting them know this is the last stop. A lot of the protesters that went up there completely disillusioned with politics. It's a cry in the streets for legitimacy, for fairness, and it went unheard, and it was usurped. It was a cover for action that these power elite used as the final step in their coup. Everything else failed. Everything else failed. That was the last stop. That's exactly what they did. They put uh, a drooling idiot in there and literally could be quite possibly the most incompetent, useless vice president in there as well, uh, who doesn't even get support from her her own core constituency. She's hideously unpopular with the far left. Uh, she has no fans on the right. Uh, maybe Lindsey Graham. I don't know. Uh, they, they Senate buddies together. But there you go. That That's what you have. Uh, this is what you have staring you down. These are the placeholders. There's never been a better case that could be made that these people are simply nothing more than placeholders. They did not attain those positions of power by their own doing. And anyone who tries to tell you that Joe Biden is duly elected president of the United States is a complete and utter idiot. Until we have a return to voter integrity, until we have national voter identification laws in order to be registered to vote, you have to show a photo ID until you have that. We're not going to have free and fair elections. You can forget it. And the Democrats are going to push on with their far left agenda. They're going to find more placeholders who are young. They're getting out the old blood. That's exactly what they're doing. And they're bringing in these new Marxists. They're putting a new face on it. A young face. To get the people out there to vote. Get out, get out the vote, right? We're going to get our allies in the entertainment industry to get out there and push it as well. That is exactly what is about to happen. And that is the political arm of it. Now, what's going to be happening in the streets? 
when we have these media pieces, these op-eds, these books that have been written from a left-wing perspective that is now signaling a change in the language, a change in their strategy, a change in the narrative, they're signaling civil war. And they got the okay to do that because they've already laid the groundwork. They're going to begin a terror campaign this summer. It's coming. You better believe it's coming. All of the other things that they've attempted, all the stuff that they've tried, it's all failed. Every bit of it has failed. And so now they're going to bring out there the new face of the Communist Party in the United States. The new face that is going to be installed by a corporate entity because you got to know that the Soviet Union, Supreme Soviet, was installed by Wall, uh, Wall Street bankers as well. I mean, that's pretty well documented. They bankrolled the whole thing. They funded it. Right? So, taking all of that into account, you got to understand that they're going to be rolling out the new face and when we don't have voter integrity, when we do not have the oversight there to understand that we have free and fair elections the voice of the people is going to go unheard it's going to continue to go unheard and meanwhile the other prong of this attack on this great country is going to be coming in the streets by the way of their communist revolutionaries who are going to be violent that is coming so you know, you need to really be taking these threats seriously. I mean, these were the people who made up the Students for a Democratic Society, which is still around, by the way, on every college campus here in the United States. Even the traditional conservative campuses. Uh, so they're out there and they're advocating Marxist revolution. These are the same people who were advocating during the Vietnam War to bring the war home to open the borders, to bring in, import the third world, to destroy the United States from within. Well, I'd say that they did a pretty good job following through with that plan, and they're going to be inviting in peacekeepers when they do it. Where are they going to come from? It's kind of one of those things that uh, tinfoil hat outlets over the years talked about, you know, UN troops, this UN troops, that the UN doesn't have an army. Okay. Whenever the UN has done anything, it's always been subsidized by the United States military. Well, that's not going to be an option in the future. So where's their manpower going to come from in a destabilized United States? When the final act of this coup fails, where are they going to get the manpower? And that is a very, very important question. It's one that doesn't necessarily have uh, comfortable answers with it. But that's why you need to be prepared. You need to get yourself, take every day that you have and be getting training, be getting a uh, grounded approach to your own preparedness and to your own communities. And, um, you know, it, it, it's really, really critical that you recognize that right now. Three sponsors of Radio Contra out there. Civil Defense Manual, Volume 1 and 2, Jack Lawson. Get that book. 
you need that book. It was written by subject matter experts all across the board. I wrote the communications chapter in it. Critical information. Critical information in there that you need to get ready. CivilDefenseManual.com. Get it today. Blacksmith Publishing. Blacksmith Publishing run by two long-time special operations veterans. Guys who really need no introduction out there. You can read their bios, but Mike Blackburn, Paul LaFaver, incredible human beings. I had them on here uh, back in, in episode 97. You need to go back and listen to that. You need to go back and listen to that. They wrote the book, The Army's Small Unit Tactics Handbook. You need that book. It is a huge book, by the way. Uh, I personally, I think they're selling it a little bit too cheap, but I've got a link to it down below. They've got a whole bunch of other critical skills manuals that are in their library. And I'll let you in on a little secret. I'm working on something that might be, uh, well, we'll just say I, I'm, I'm working on something hopefully for them that is going to be coming out in 2022. That's really, really exciting. But Blacksmith Publishing, definitely go check them out in the link down below in the show notes. And then finally, Tactical Wisdom, Joe Dolio. TacticalWisdom.com, his books, he's got three volumes out now of a practical, grounded approach to preparedness. His books are not very expensive, but they are incredibly well written and they draw on his experience as a Marine veteran overseas in Iraq and a criminal investigator here in the United States. Mountain of great knowledge in there, fundamental knowledge, and a devout Christian as well. I did an interview uh, several episodes back with him, had him on. Go back and check that out as well. TacticalWisdom.com and finally, I have another episode that is up that I recorded last night on the gray man approach to vehicles, primarily in urban environments, non-permissive environments. You know, the whole concept of bug out vehicles, quote unquote, uh, really gets a lot of attention and there's really not much attention that is paid to the mon- more mundane aspects of that. Everybody, uh, you know, kind of wants to be a gray man and, and disappear into the crowd. But yet we have this uh, strange dichotomy that, that's out there. And I really sift through the madness and, and kind of tell you some of the realities of that and some of the principles of that. And that's the latest lesson Um Dressing for success, being a gray man in in literally any environment, did a a lesson on that. Uh, Of course, the interrogation resistance series as well. You can access those through the Patreon account, not Patreon. Okay, I've got a lot of emails about that, about Patreon. AmericaPartisan.org has a Patreon page that is uh, separate from what I am doing here. And no, those episodes are not going to be put up on Patreon they are patron only to Podbean. Okay, they are patron only to Podbean for as little as five dollars a month is a subscription service, and for a dollar a month you can have access to the entire uh, back catalog of Radio Contra. Um, we are coming in at 
uh, I think this is uh, episode in, in the, the big scheme of things. This is episode 160, I think, uh, including all the live shows and, and uh, several of the other things that I've done. You get the entire back catalog. Right, the entire back catalog, a lot of the older instructional guide stuff that I did, intelligence collection on the ground, communications, digital uh, communications, security, encryption. I got a whole lot in there in that back catalog that you're getting for as little as a dollar a month. So click that link to the Patreon page. Um, now, as a, a something I want to point out... Um, if you create a login with the patron, that is the same one that you need to use if you were listening to this on the Podbean app. Okay, I've had a bunch of emails about that too. People that are kind of frustrated, they don't really understand. All right, they're listening to this on a desktop and then they download the app, put it on a mobile device or whatever, and, and then they uh, can't access the episodes. Okay, you need to have the same login. All right, you need to have the same login. You need to have the same uh, identity on there. So if you do it all through the app, you can absolutely do it through the app. If you click the red icon, you're listening to this right now, you'll see a little red icon. You can click on that, and that's going to take you to the registration page where you can sign up, get that subscription. And again, I really, really appreciate all the support and all of the, the great feedback that I have got. Uh, the interrogation resistance series, which is in five parts, uh, really is, I think, critical information for a multitude of purposes, uh, but critical information that, that, you know, I use that knowledge in my day-to-day life, just obtaining information, social engineering, uh, that, that maybe you might not have had access to otherwise, but, um, you know, and just take that how you will, but it's important stuff and drawing on my own personal experience, professional schools, things that I've taught in the past, uh, it is all there and I'm adding new stuff weekly. So go check that out as well. I'd be very, very honored to have you. Um, so we've got a couple of other news stories that I want to get to here that I've found, uh, kind of interesting, Right off of the top, it is January 6th, and of course, you know, one year ago with the, the huge January 6th rally, and uh, we still have political prisoners that are being held simply for the crime of, of being there, of being present. And I've talked about at length back in the archives, I've done whole episodes on, on the intelligence collection process. I'm going to be doing... Uh, a lot of lessons on this in the very near future. I'm going to be recording one later this afternoon on the intelligence collection cycle. I did in those patron only podcasts. I did one specifically uh, on cell phones and how to mitigate the collection of that data as well while retaining some of the functionality of, of uh, uh, communications uh, on the go. But, you know, alternatives to using conventional phones. Uh, and, and you really need to be taking that more seriously. Uh, you really need to be taking that more seriously because that is, uh, if you, you go back and listen to the interview I did with uh, codename Madman Actual, who worked for the NSA. Uh, he was an NSA employee. He was a signals intelligence collector for the United States Army prior to that with experience in Afghanistan. Um, look, cell phones are too easy. 
Okay, cell phones are too easy. And there's a lot that you can do with a cell phone number or any phone number for that matter. Uh, I have people who regularly want to contact me and, and they give they give phone numbers and you know want me to call them or whatever. That ain't happening. Okay, that's not happening. Uh, I do have ways that people can contact me, but not through conventional phones. Uh, that that's not happening. So you know if if that's kind of off putting to you, well, you've never walked in my shoes and you are not me. You do not know what I know. And obviously, you don't know what you don't know also. So I would be listening to me if I were you. I would be listening to Madman Actual if I were you. And I would be uh, taking my own personal protection a little bit more seriously. Because we absolutely do have political prisoners that are being held as a result of being there on January 6th. And no, I don't just mean the Q Shaman doofus who decided to uh, get his five minutes of fame. I don't mean, you know, some of the people who, who went into the Capitol and, and acted a fool. They should have known better than to do that stuff. That's not what I'm saying. Okay, but there were people who were rolled up simply for being there. That's absolutely a fact. It's documented. Okay, the Stu Peters show that uh, I posted up on AmericanPartisan.org uh, just a couple of weeks ago. The interview with one of the people who is currently being held in an incarceration center, federal detention facility. You need to go back and listen to that. I talked about that. That was the impetus that began the interrogation resistance series. You need to go back and listen to that. We are entering a very dangerous time where the average citizen who is deeply concerned about the direction of our country is now being demonized and marginalized by a completely unhinged left who in this upcoming midterm election is going to go whole whole hog on attempting the final act of this coup. And we, since we don't have election integrity, don't don't do not rest on your laurels thinking that it's a foregone conclusion. This is going to be a massive Republican victory and everything's going to be fine tomorrow. It ain't happening. It's not happening, folks. You have to take the bull by the horns and do it yourself. Don't listen to these Q idiots, okay? All these people out there that, you know, oh, the the uh, Q is going to come back and JFK Jr. and uh, magic shootouts and uh, all over Europe and servers and whatever, right? Don't buy into that garbage, okay? Don't buy into that garbage. Do not spare one second not taking your own preparedness and what you are doing today to make a difference tomorrow more seriously. All right, and if you think that I'm kidding with you, go back and look up Operation Trust in the Soviet Union. Everything that we are seeing today has happened before. Everything. Everything. Every piece of this act has happened before. They're following a playbook, folks. You've got to wake up. You've got to pay attention. So anyway, with it being January 6th, uh, Senator Ted Cruz, who uh, is, you know, a, a media darling to a lot of the conservative pundits out there uh a guy who i uh have had uh we'll say tepid support at best uh suspicion at best of in, in the past he's got goldman sachs ties uh through his wife um you know i i would i would love to like the guy 
Okay, I would love to like the guy, but he's he's got some some shady things that that are going on in in his past, um, and and some ties that that I don't feel very comfortable with. Uh, but anyhow, he is out there, and this of course is coming from the Washington Examiner, uh, criticized for calling January sixth riot a violent terrorist attack, uh, and and of course he is is telegraphing leftist language here. Uh, because you, you got to remember back one year ago when this occurred, the Democrats were out there immediately calling for uh, roundups and uh, you know literally a, a new Patriot Act that was going to outlaw uh, any speech that was contrary to the official narrative. It was basically putting the, the far left in charge of everything, and they're still doing that. Uh, they didn't back off of that. It, it's just that it, it rotated out of the media cycle because you, know, you, you can't uh, you can't keep the same propaganda for for too long. It, it wears out. But they'll be they'll be doing it again. And uh, Cruz bought into it for whatever reason. Uh, you know, probably part of the the Goldman Sachs ties uh, because at heart you got to understand this guy's a, a centrist uh, more than anything who uh, waves the flag and, and touts the virtues of conservatism when it, when it benefits him. But uh, Texas Republican Senator Ted Cruz got blowback from some on the right after he called January 6, 2021 riot at the U.S. Capitol a violent terrorist attack. Uh, and he's quoted as saying, we are approaching a solemn anniversary this week. It's an anniversary of a violent terrorist attack on the Capitol where we saw the men and women of law enforcement demonstrate incredible courage, incredible bravery, uh, risk their lives for the Capitol, Cruz said at a Senate Rules Committee oversight hearing on Wednesday with Capitol Police Chief Tom Manger discussing January 6th security failures. Uh, incredible bravery like shooting an unarmed woman <clears throat> or beating another woman to death and then calling it, having the audacity to label it uh, drug overdose. That's exactly what they did. Uh, harassing and harangling citizens. And this this is an isolated incident. Uh, Capitol Police, it, they got a long history of this kind of behavior, of harassing conservative events. Um, I remember uh, Glenn Beck's rally, the, the Restoring Hope or Honor or whatever it was. I had some friends that, that went to that back in the day. And uh, they, they were telling me about how they were harassed by the Capitol Police, how uh, the the uh, subway system, the metro up there, the D.C. metro, was uh, shut down. They had to walk many, many miles to get back to uh, Alexandria, Virginia, and get to their vehicles. And you're talking about, you know, thousands of people there that, that were having to do all of this. You know, and, and being harassed, Capitol Police were, were real assholes, but they, they answered to Nancy Pelosi, so what do you expect? Uh, and this, of course, they had a, a CNN pundit that was hired that was working for the Capitol Police, uh, allegedly, who sports a neck tattoo. Uh, now, you you got to understand that that in law enforcement, you know, that there's certain things that are that are kind of a big no-no, and that's one of them. Uh, visible visible tats, neck tattoos normally are, are signifying of some sort of gang affiliation at various circles and whatnot. Uh, but th- that's a big no-no. Okay, that, that's a real big no-no. So, uh, but, it, but that apparently is their hiring standards. I, I'm not going to sit and say that they were brave about anything uh, or, or anything. They killed an, an unarmed woman. 
Um, had they had they been out there conducting themselves better and they had prior knowledge they were agent provocateurs out there, if, if they had had, uh, the, as far as the, the security failures go, uh, the FBI, there was substantial evidence the FBI knew and <clears throat> at least had some level of collusion with the events that were going to take place. And, and of course, Cruz knows this too. He knows this too, and and uh, that's why his statement is is really that much worse. Uh, but then he goes on. He's he's quoted as saying, "It's also worth asking what could have prevented the breach of the Capitol. What could have prevented the riot from getting as far as it did? Well, uh, the FBI not egging it on, for one, their uh, senator." And, uh, you know, of course, on the 6th, he was one of the eight senators to object to the Electoral College results, uh, you know, which is a check mark in his column. Uh, but was it simply just political wrangling to uh, gain favor further down the road? You know, we don't know. Uh, we, we really don't know. We, you know, he, he did run for president. He was uh, also ran beside Donald Trump. Um, and it was a pretty nasty campaign. If you remember back, uh, to the 2015, uh, late 2014, 2015 timeframe when it, it really looked like, uh, Trump was surging in the polls, but Ted Cruz had a lot of support among the, uh, the neocon movement as, uh, Jeb Bush just completely floundered and shit the bed. Uh, you know, they, they moved on to Ted Cruz and, and there was a whole back and forth, you know, Ted Cruz's dad, you know, being a, a Cuban expat at the time and, and well, was implicated as being one of the three shooters on the Hill and, and having um, uh, ties to Jack Ruby and everything, which, you know, whatever, uh, that, that's neither here nor there. I, I think that was personally, I think that was, that was tasteless, but um, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Right. It is what it is. But uh, Cruz calling it a terrorist attack, you know, he, he's I, I don't know if this was a Freudian slip or, or what the deal was here, um, but it, it certainly was not a good look. And I think that it telegraphed his true feelings uh, about things, uh, what he actually feels, you know, and, and uh, if you're down in Texas, of course, you know, you fall into the trap of what the alternative is and they, okay, I get that. You know, you, you could, we could be in worse shape. We could, we could have Beto, uh, O'Rourke, uh, Robert Francis O'Rourke. Um, you know, that's, that's a, that's a real Latino name. If I ever heard one right there, uh, Robert Francis O'Rourke, uh, Mr. Beto from, from El Paso that, that nobody actually knows who he is. He, he claims he graduated from Andrews high school in El Paso, Texas, and, and nobody knew him uh, from there, which I, I think is hilarious uh, for all the folks down in El Paso, uh, <laughs> where he is wildly unpopular, uh, wildly unpopular, uh, even though they uh, Willie Nelson will tell you otherwise, right, him, him and Matthew McConaughey. But uh, in, in other political news, so some of the other Republican infighting out there, of course, the... Uh, the piece that I discussed, the other piece I discussed last night on uh, uh, episode 120 was this ridiculous piece written by an idiot uh, coming from The Guardian claiming that, that the right had, had uh, solidarity and, and violence, uh, which, which are two terms that the hard left uses. 
these, these are quite literally, if, if you look at, at any uh, flag or nationalized symbol of, of international Marxism, uh, national symbol meaning a flag or whatnot, uh, you'll see a, a sickle and a hammer which represents uh, workers, but you'll also see a raised fist, especially among communist insurrectionaries. That's what you'll see. And that, that is quite literally what that means. So this guy was uh, applying leftist terminology to uh, Marxist terminology to uh, what he, he perceives the right is doing, which I can tell you they're absolutely not. Uh, but whatever. I mean, it's, it's a classic case of accuse your, your enemy of doing what you yourself is, are, are doing out there. But Anyway, uh, another uh, wonderful case of, of right-wing solidarity here, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is a, a representative that I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, it, at first didn't, didn't really know a whole lot about her other than, you know, coming up in, and uh, she's come out of Georgia. She's pretty true to, to what she's saying. And, um, you know, her and and Dan Crenshaw are going back and forth. And, of course, this piece is coming from The Guardian as well because, you know, you, you should read left-wing outlets. You should read left-wing outlets, see what they're saying. Um, so, uh, Dan Crenshaw, uh, Navy SEAL, and uh, he really uh, likes to, to extol uh, and, and promulgate his military background uh while he he has some other dubious connections that we're about to dive into uh but marjorie taylor green he calls her a democrat or an idiot uh in the title of this piece congressman dan crenshaw throws a barb at congresswoman in spat over his support using fema to operate covid testing sites and, uh, of course, they, they go on because it is The Guardian. The extremist Republican, Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, quote-unquote, might be a Democrat or just an idiot, according to fellow hardline conservative Dan Crenshaw, Texas congressman and former Navy SEAL, threw the bar back at the Georgia congresswoman in a spat over his support for using the Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, to operate COVID testing sites. The U.S. is experiencing a crippling surge of COVID cases thanks to the infectious Omicron variant, uh, that I call the Omagod variant, with more than one million recorded on Monday and a lack of access to testing, hampering uh, state and federal responses. That's because you fired all of the people who refused your, uh, your, your mRNA therapy that is killing people. Uh, that, that is very uh, seriously killing people. So he fired all those people. And it has absolutely no effective qualities against the Omicron variant. And Omicron, or the Omicron variant, is, is not really killing people. It does, it's not having the desired effect that the media wants. Uh, the bodies are, are not piling up in the streets. So... Uh, this article goes on. Green has consistently spread COVID conspiracy theories on Sunday. She was permanently suspended from Twitter for spreading misinformation that drew support from Donald Trump, who, without discernible irony, called Twitter a disgrace to democracy and said Green had a huge constituency of honest, patriotic, hardworking people, and then added, keep fighting, Marjorie. Uh, so, you know, and he, he's correct about that. Of course, he's the one that's also pushing uh, for vaccine mandates. 
Regardless, on Monday, Green was temporarily suspended from Facebook for spreading misinformation. She was permanently banned from Twitter as well. And, uh, you know, it, it's silencing public officials uh, for spreading misin what they deem as being misinformation, uh, which they in turn have spread mountains of misinformation on their own. Uh, and don't really back it up with anything. It's just censorship of public officials, um, you know, and, and obviously in it, it is a precursor to a technocracy uh, of a totalitarian state. And, and that's exactly where we find ourselves today. But they went, we're going back and forth and, and Crenshaw saying, um, you know, that, that, uh, <clears throat> he he's quoted as saying, and this was on Instagram, Hey Marjorie, if you think that we should go back to the Trump policy instead of the Biden mandates, and that makes you mad, then you might be a Democrat or just an idiot. Uh, and of course, this goes on to say that Green has been repeatedly fined for fa- uh, failing to wear a mask on the floor of the House of Representatives. Uh, of course, uh, she's not allowed to do uh, any sort of symbolic gesture uh, that, that does not meet the approval of the far left, right? Because, it, I mean, if you look at the House of Representatives, they're already socially distanced. Uh, so I don't really understand what the what the uh, issue is there. Uh, but, I mean, hey, you know, it, it is what it is. got to stand up for, for your beliefs. And uh, these mask mandates are draconian and absolutely absurd. But I find it very interesting, Dan Crenshaw, uh, who is a SNL alumni as well, can't forget that he had his uh, very famous appearance on Saturday Night Live after being uh, mocked for, uh, you know, the, the uh, loss of Zion wearing an eye patch, which I think was very lowbrow humor uh, on, on part of Saturday Night Live. But, of course, he, he uh <laughs> took it like a champ and shows up out there and, uh, on SNL and everything. And, uh, Pete Davidson, uh, the, uh, comedian who's kind of a, kind of a doofus in his own right. I don't, I don't think the guy's funny at all. Um, but back down, you know, and it was kind of this awkward moment, but you gotta understand this whole thing was staged. Okay. The whole thing was staged. It was a publicity stunt SNL, which has tanking numbers, uh, and, and is really just not, not funny, not doing well. Uh, and Dan Crenshaw shows up out there. And of course, it, you know, it was a, a very good little bleep on the radar for, um, uh, Fox news and, and the conservative pundits out there to, to, uh, really promote it. And it's, it's a type of marketing when you have negative promotion of something, it's, you know, basically what it is in a nutshell. But digging a little deeper, you know, Dan Crenshaw really uh, touts his, his Navy SEAL background. And, and of course, this is extremely commendable in the special operations community uh, for sure. Uh, but is he really a friend of freedom? Uh, and, and that's a question that I have. He, he's, he has said and done some things that, that uh, are extremely questionable in my estimation and uh, doing a, a little bit of a deep dive on him, he also has some interesting ties that he does not disclose, uh, including the Forum of Young Global Leaders, which, of course, he is a member of. 
And uh, him, he he has such wonderful contemporaries as Alexander Soros, Tulsi Gabbard, who uh, very interestingly is appearing a lot on Fox News um, and is somehow, some way, a uh, uh, become kind of a darling figure on the right, which is very ironic because she's a, a far leftist uh, person in ideology. Mark Zuckerberg, uh, who should need no introduction, David de Rothschild, and if that name sounds familiar, of course, uh, Mayor Rothschild, I'm, he is an heir to that fortune, Mayor Rothschild, uh, the, the man who was quite literally uh, one of the deadliest men in history um, and bankrolled uh, untold evils all across the world hideously evil person this man of course is the heir to all of that and of course uh the great hero of, of contemporary feminism on, on the left the uh wonderful uh great achiever for for uh, women's rights in, in the u.s and and standing up to non-existent oppression everywhere megan rapinoe uh so megan rapinoe the the uh, purple-haired loser who lost on team usa uh, as, as a soccer player in the Olympics. And that's stating a fact. She's a loser. When you lose, you, you lost, you're a loser. Um, so th- there you go. It, and that's who he's been rubbing elbows with. Now, the Forum of Gl- Young Global Leaders, this initiative, is described as uh, Klaus Schwab, founder and executive chairman of the World Economic Forum, created the Forum of, Glo- of Young Global Leaders in 2004 to help the world meet an increasingly complex and interdependent problems. Uh, so Klaus Schwab, there you go, um, uh, the Klingon High Council commander himself. And uh, if, if you haven't seen images of him with that robe and, and weird medallion that he has on when he is speaking to the World Economic Forum, go look that up. Uh, go look that up. And, and Dan Crenshaw, of course, uh, being a part of that, you are controlling two sides of the argument it is two uh sides of the same coin the young leaders forum out there uh for globalism and of course you you know put him over there use his cover for action really drum up his background um you know as as navy seal and really harp on that and gloss over all the other moneyed connections that put him where he is that put him into the halls of power where he resides it's exactly what's happened there it's exactly what's happened there and that that's why he's coming out and attacking marjorie taylor green he's not a genuine conservative never has been absolutely never has been and he's going to go right along lock and stock with every one of the objectives that they are out there promoting that the world economic forum the evil that klaus schwab that the rothschilds that they are putting out there it's all there Okay, it's all there. The corporatocracy that is installing, that seeks to install the institution of communism and the complete erasure of freedom, the Constitution of the United States, and your and I national sovereignty, going to erase it all. That's what they want. Because then they no longer have any competition. Then they no longer have upward mobility. We no longer have that. It cements their place as the rulers forever. And it erases any attempt that we have to gain that power back. 
You know, I think it's very ironic that the left talks about rising up the rise of the proletariat, right? Well, that's happening, and that's happening here. That's the grassroots movement. That's what this is. And that's why they're coming after us as hard as they are. That's why they're trying to demonize us. Because they know exactly what it is. Radio Contra is the voice of freedom. Radio Contra is the voice of American liberty. Of the liberty of a people. Who have been a shining light and a beacon of freedom everywhere in the world. And we're going to continue to be so. We're going to continue to do so. Folks. Get yourselves ready. Brushbeater.org slash training calendar. Brushbeater.org slash training calendar. Classes up for 2022. Get out there. Get trained. Get training. I would love to have you in class. Shoot me an email. Contact me directly for instructions on how to register for courses. Got a lot of people. The uh, scout course coming up in February is nearly full. Uh, it is nearly full. I have almost uh, all of the people that I can accommodate in that class on the range, and um, which is is really a huge windfall. But that that's um, gonna be a a gigantic class. So come on out, definitely come on out uh, if you are interested in that. And I've got more on the calendar, more scout courses that are up on the calendar. If you're in the western states. Out in Washington, in the readout region, we're going to be out there as well, teaching both the RTO, Advanced RTO, and Signals Intelligence course, and the Scout course out there. Going to be a heck of a good time. Come on out. That's going to be late April, early May. Really looking forward to training with all of you out there, because you got to take the fight to this stuff. you got to get training before you can do anything else. Get yourselves squared away. And listen to our back catalog. Uh, the interview that I did with James Wesley Rawls. Huge honor uh, to have him on episode 119. Go back and listen to that. A lot of knowledge on how to get started. And I'm going to be talking about that more uh, here real, real soon. About my take on your foundational skills that you need to get spooled up. And get spooled up now. Anyhow, folks, been a wonderful morning with you, sipping coffee, talking about the events of the day. I wish all of you a wonderful, wonderful day, a wonderful weekend, whatever it is that you are doing out there. God bless. Thank you for being with me and thank you for making this podcast what it is, the unbridled success that it has been. I am honored to be here with you. God bless you, and this is NC Scout, out.